With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, I'm your host as always and I'm joined this week by two stalwart hands on the Heart and Hand ship. First of all, Linwood Rose himself, the pride of Renfrewshire, it's David Marshall. How you doing mate? I'm alright, that's quite a big build up I gave you and you gave me three words back. Uh, oh, you've put me in a spot now, um, Christmas in that. Yeah, Christmas in that. Yeah. And uh, Some weather we're having. Yeah, and, and on a Christmas episode, then it's quite, I think, appropriate to bring on somebody who doesn't even celebrate it. It's Andy Barnett, all the way from Tel Aviv. Hello, Andy. <laughs> yeah, um, um, how you doing, mate? Yeah, we we celebrate it. Well, I did when I lived in Scotland, but um, because everybody was off and it was always nice. But yeah, no, not, no, no <laughs> Christmas really here. No, but you get, isn't, isn't Hanukkah like 12 days? Loads yeah, of eight days. Yeah, but it was, it was early this year. Um, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it fall at the same time as Christmas. It was always in Glasgow because it would just just be eight days of alcohol <laughs> and presents. But yeah, uh, I could be I could be brought. Uh, a lot of Scottish people could be brought round to that. Uh, I think to, so. Yeah, I do. Eight, eight days of alcohol and presents. Yes, yes, I do. Traders look fun too. I'm in. Yeah, I, I, I think it could all be. Uh, very, very easily imported to this country. But all joking aside, gentlemen, um, we're here to talk about the Rangers. And this week we made it six out of six league wins under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst when we beat a rather spirited Dundee United side at Ibrox. And the interesting thing, going into the game, you know, Dundee United had COVID issues. When we saw the team sheet, they had uh, four youngsters in the team, including a 16-year-old. I think the the immediate thought is, well, we're going to batter them. But funnily enough, we'd watched the Chelsea-Everton game on the Thursday and Everton are absolutely hopeless and they were decimated by sometimes it can spark this defensive 
mentality. And it also removes a bit of pressure in that nobody's expecting you to do anything and you don't really need to worry too much about attacking. You just go out there and sit in 10 men behind the ball. So I was saying before the game, I predicted 2-0. I thought it might be a kind of, uh, a bit of a, a kind of stuffy, tough game for us to break through. And it very much turned out to be that. Yeah, it was it was hard, uh, very arduous at times. I think as well, you, when the other team is decimated by injuries and uh, COVID in this case, there's added pressure on on the on our, on us you know, on the other team as well. So whilst they were under less pressure, there was more on us to try and rack up ridiculous amount of goals, and that was just never going to happen. Even on a you know we, they're the only team that's beaten us in the league this year, so I doubt anybody. At the only team that's beaten us in the league in two years. Exactly, exactly. So I doubt anybody would have taken the game lightly, uh, regardless of, of who was playing for Dundee United. And yeah, listen, as much as I, I don't really like them very much, I have to respect the way that they went about their business. They made it very difficult for us. The conditions did not look great on the TV. I, I have no idea what it was like being at the ground, but the, the fog looked very challenging as well. And the Rangers didn't quite get into any rhythm at all. And I think you have to give credit to the opposition for that. But yeah, I think in this very congested fixture, uh, sort of time, if you like, the list of fixtures we have, win, a win's a win. You take a win. It's not going to be 4-0 every game. And and sometimes you just have to take a 1-0 hard for victory. And that's exactly what uh, Saturday was. To to your point, Andy, the the weather was... It was a strange day, Ibrox. It was dark very early. It happens this time of year, of course. But even so, the uh, very, very foggy and cold, um, slightly eerie uh, around about Glasgow. And then Rangers took to the field. Dundee United in their change kit. We They won the toss and, and made a shoot to the wrong end in the first half. And, and there was just a slightly surreal feeling to the game, a, a slightly otherworldly quality, I think, um, which which just added into it. And then Rangers did not start very well. Now, Dave, the manager rested Jory, but clearly mm. with an eye on the old firm match. And a gamble like that, if you win it, it worked. And it... Uh, and he doesn't get booked, obviously. And if you don't win, he doesn't. Um, it's a bad decision because clearly, you know, you needed the points. So it's it's one of those ones that it's Schrodinger's decision. It can go very well or it can go very badly. For the manager, it worked out because we got the three points. Joe did not pick up a yellow card in his, in his substitute appearance and he will be available for that trip to Parkhead. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just one of those awkward situations that had to be negotiated. And I'm pretty glad we negotiated it. I think it was the right decision um, not to not to start a rebel. Um This should have been a game that we could have took, uh, taken care of comfortably without Joe being in the team. Um, I was quite furious, to be honest, when we actually did have to bring him on. Um, I said at the time on Twitter that it was a failure of every other player in that park and on Saturday that we had to bring Jory Brown to get, to get the get the win. I think there might be some other areas of the selection from the manager that I didn't quite agree with, but um, the team that we put out there to start on Saturday should have been more than enough to put away um, you know, any Dundee United team, never mind one, that was um, decimated. I can understand you know, the, the thinking of you know, well, sometimes these games aren't as, as as simple as you look in paper and you can't win every game uh, four or five nil. That's true. But if there was ever a game where we should have been winning four or five nil, it was probably that one. I think we were very much dragged down uh, by Dundee United. And 
even 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 you know ignoring that we weren't doing the simple things of passing throughout the majority of the game was rotten and that's nothing to do with Dundee United that was ourselves we had too many empty jerseys for large portions of the match in, in Saturday and that was on the 11 players who started that game for me yeah, it was an interesting selection. Then came John Lundstrom for him, which kind of looked like a defensive change to me, surprisingly, given that the manager has not really got, well, hasn't gone really with two holders um, in, in most of the, the league matches. And Hadji on the right. Hadji had an absolute nightmare. Probably the <laughs> the the sponsors get to pick a man of the match at Ibrox, and uh, he was announced as a man of the match, and I couldn't quite believe it. But... Rangers were slow, a little bit lethargic, didn't quite manage to, to to get anything going in the first half, I thought, really. Um, they were just being well fought off by Dundee United, who had organised into the you know the very defensive formation, but were also the front two were stopping the, the, the ball coming out of Rangers' defence into midfield, and that caused Rangers a few problems. Interestingly, at the very start, Andy, Rangers lined up with Nathan Patterson at right back, James Tavernier and Connor Goldson at centre back, and Calvin Bassey at left back. That changed after three uh, minutes when Rangers reverted to what I think we would have considered would be the the, the first choice uh, back four, which was of course James Tavernier at right back, Calvin Bassey and and Connor Goldson at centre back, and Nathan Patterson playing albeit in the wrong foot, but playing at, at left back. Now, the explanation for that from the manager was Dundee United uh, normally play with one up uh, and they thought they were going to play with one up. Then they saw they were playing with two, so they adapted very quickly. It's an interesting thing and it's something I think we might see in the future. Uh, James Tavernier or someone like him going in, someone more, someone not a centre-back basically, but very good on the ball because I think the suspicion is if a team plays one up against you, your centre-back should be able to cope with that and the other player can act almost as a very deep-lying playmaker. It's a very Dutch idea, but I think that's an experiment that we probably haven't seen the last the last of. No, I, I think it's, it's positive that the manager is, is able to make changes before the game, of course, to the starting lineup and the formation. And change it as, he, as soon as he sees something, because you know one of the complaints we made about the previous management was that you know it takes so long sometimes in, inside games to make changes. Um, and I think um, Stephen Gerrard said himself that sometimes he, he relied on his players to fix it themselves and figure it out. I think it's good that you know manager steps in after a, a matter of minutes and changes it once he's identified what's happening. The other thing I would, I would say as well is that it doesn't indicate very well for Jack Simpson when, uh, because you could have started with Bassey on the left uh, and um, uh, and Simpson in the middle, Simpson, but instead he yeah. went with a sort of natural right back. Yeah, as a natural right back to play left back. I mean, Bassey's, we would all probably agree that whilst he's been absolutely a revelation at centre back, yeah, a couple of wee mistakes here and there, but he's adapted tremendously there. And it's been very stable for the last few weeks that he is a better left back. And when Barisic isn't fit, he's the next player to who you would play there, uh, with all respect to Patterson. So I, I think that's also another suggestion of, of just how far down the pecking order Simpson is and why maybe going in for a centre back is or certainly getting a one back from injury as soon as possible is, is so imperative to, to moving forward. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Jack Simpson was to um, certainly be 
if there, if there is the reported interest in him, it, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if he was uh, heading out of Ibrox in January, because as you say, he's very, very far from the first team picture. But um, no, it didn't create all that much, Dave, in the first half. Um, header from a set piece for, for Conor Goldson, then a, a good chance from Alfie when he forced a good save from Trevor Carson in the Dundee United goal. And that, that was pretty much all we had to show for 45 minutes effort. It was um, really poor. I mean, I don't really think you can describe it as any other way. It was so slow. Um, not what we were, we were expecting at all. Um, I mean, as we as we mentioned, Dundee United did, did sit in. But again, we got dragged down to that level. We weren't moving with the same tempo that we've um, came to expect under Geo. We made it really, really easy, easy for them. I think we had problems um, on both sides of the attack. Um, I think Yanis Adji, you know, as poor as a game as he had, I, I'm not even taking that in isolation. Though I just don't think if we're going to play Hadji, I think he has to be in a central number ten, ten role. And right now, he's not going to get the start there because rightly, Joadibo, you know that that's his jersey to lose uh, at this point. And rightly so, he's been probably our best player this year and then Scott Wright as well I, I think we've seen all the flaws in his uh, in his game when he came on it's just he can he can run in a straight line really really well but thereafter it's what what can you do he just seems to run run that corridor and his decision making just isn't near his delivery just isn't near we were getting nothing from those areas in the park and everything was just you know, being stagnated in, into that middle and we just weren't creating enough, weren't creating anything for the most part. I think there's an interesting discussion to be had about Hadji and uh, Scott Wright. I th- and incidentally, I agree with you about um, Hadji. I, I, I don't think he enjoys being wide right. I don't think it suits him at all. No. But even so, I mean, it wouldn't have mattered where he was playing on Saturday because his touch was, was off. It was just one of those days. Nothing went right for him. But it, it's interesting because people will say, I don't know what Scott Wright has to do to, to get more starts. And it's all he has to something <laughs> create things. Yeah, there has to be end product to it because he's got terrific mobility. Um, he'll stretch defences and he did that on Saturday, I thought, and he did offer us a little bit more. Um, but then he, he doesn't score enough goals and he doesn't create enough goals. And that's that's the issue. Mm-hmm. Hadji, on the other hand, is the opposite. He creates and is involved in loads of stuff, but then at other times falls in his backside and looks as though, you know, he's he's, he's just met with the football. And it, it it's quite a puzzle because you've got one who looks all... And I suppose it's the type of player that you like. Daniel Kandias was a great example of this, where people who loved Daniel Kandias because he was all action, never stopped. And then I was more in the camp of, yeah, but what does it lead to? What does it actually create? You know, at the end of the season, if he's sitting with, you know, five assists and five goals, that's not good enough for a winger at Rangers who's playing every week. So it, it, it's a tough one to get the balance there. Um, could we make them have children and then we'd end up with the, you know, the perfect player? Well, you're talking to the right person there to get that done. Um, yeah, your child-making machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, do you know what? I think it's an area, um, certainly that right side of the type that we've already heard the rumours um, about us looking to invest here. I'd probably say if a new centre-half is our number one target going into the window, I'd say right right side of the attacker or winger. I can call, I can call my Geo calls it a winger. Yeah, Geo yeah. calls it a winger. So we are looking for a right winger. I'd say would be our, you know, our, our second second target. Um, if we get somebody that we can 
you know, get fired on that side, then we'll be pretty, pretty hard to stop. But um, I still, you know, Scott Wright's the kind of guy that you don't want to write off because there is the raw talent there, as you see, has got that ability to create space for um, for 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 other players. And I think in that game, that's more off, uh, sorry, more more open. That can be that can be an asset, but. I don't know when when it's a game like we had on Saturday and Dundee United are happy, you know, just send one guy out to to mark him and then everyone else can just congregate in the in the, in the centre of the park. That pretty much nullifies nullifies his threat. Um, but if a game that's more open, like maybe he played in that Hearts game when they are going for it, he can do the runs getting behind. But there was no real chance of him getting behind when they've got five five along the box. Anyway, um, it's an area that. That needs to improve. Scott Wright's got he's got something there, um, but uh, the decision making, the final the final delivery, the the goals, as you say, no, they're just not there right now. And he needs to if he's going to have a future as a as a you know a proper Rangers player, that 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 will need to to improve. And Hadji, um, Hadji's a player, but you just need to play play to his ability. But he's just not as good as the other guy we've got in that position right now. Andy. Well, I, I agree. I mean, if uh, Hadji's nowhere near as good as as you know, Joe Aribo, but if Aribo was going to sit this one out, surely that would have been the game for Hadji to to play there and be given a, a shot in that ten position. I agree uh, with with David Marshall that he's is Hadji's best position, and um, he seems to be more effective. My real concern with with Yanis Hadji is that. I've yet to see him start a game well, certainly not since the, the Livingston game in the first match of the season. He always looks better for me when he comes off the bench because he can change things up and you know have a more of an impact in, in, the, in the kind of final third. When he starts games, I think the opposition very quickly sort of find out what he's doing. Um, this is just, again, my own personal observation. But I would like to have maybe have seen him drop in and Arfield drop back instead of Lundstrom and had either Sakala or, or Wright... Um, on on the wing, that would have been my my kind of choice. With regards to Scott Wright, there's an element of what Ryan Kent was like in the first couple of months, where you think, oh, this guy's got flashes. I mean, not nowhere near as good, but that kind of okay, he's been here a year now, Scott Wright. You know, we signed him in January, and he's has he improved when we've seen him. The argument can be made he's not played enough, uh, played enough minutes to really get better, but. I don't think he has improved enough to merit a start when he's come on. He's not all right. We've got to get Scott Wright a, a game. It's more like a let's see what he can do instead of he's a an, a very adequate replacement for the guys that are there. So he has to step up very very quickly. Otherwise, he could find himself dropping down the pecking order as well if we do sign somebody for that kind of right forward or right wing position. So yeah, that would have been that would have been my change anyway in the team uh, and given Hadji a game because I, I agree. I think he's wasted out in that right wing. Just another thing on Wright, sorry, as well, before we move on for this. I think right now he's the kind of guy that you bring on when the game's already going well, when you're 2 or 3 0 up and the, the defence for the opposition is starting to tire. Maybe can't be asked anymore, just want the game to, to, to be over, you know, like the Ross County game. Bring him on to that and let him run at the defence. But for a game where, you know, as we see here, he's starting and you want him to have an impact in the game, or if it's a tight, nothing, nothing each game and the defence are being really solid and stubborn at the back. It just doesn't seem to be the guy for that moment. Yeah, I, I think that's a wee bit hard because I think he did contribute on Saturday when he came on. Um, for me, though, 
Andy mentioned the, the words impact sub. I think both Hadji and uh, uh, and Wright are better at that at the moment, which is why for me, Sakala mm. would be the guy starting in that role. But I get that the, the manager feels that against a pack defence, you need that wee bit more creativity. But it will be interesting to see if Rangers do go out and try to bring in someone to, to play on the right, because uh, I, I think you're right. But clearly, you know, Sakala was there and the manager turned to Scott Wright. So there's a bit of belief in him. There's no doubt about that. And I think there's huge belief in Hadji. I mean, Hadji finished the 90 minutes. Um, was yeah. able to complete a, a wild Rabona in the last minute that to be fair he immediately apologised for in his, his post-match interview second half was it was always going to be a game where you thought one goal was going to decide this um, either a mistake or a bit of brilliance and of course it was a mistake um, cross come in from Nathan Patterson on our left Dundee United boy catches it penalty kick dispatched by James Tavernier. Dave, uh, any doubts about the penalty? <laughs> Only in Scotland. Um, it was the most penalty penalty you could ever see in your life. He sticks, his, he sticks his right hand out as far away from his body as you can get. I don't know what the what the boy was thinking. Um, it's a stonewall, stonewall penalty every day of the week. But, of course, it did lead to the amusing uh, comments on Twitter of, I will, it doesn't matter if it's a penalty. But, you know, that's that's what we're up against in this country. But it was a penalty, I, obviously. My favourite was, uh, I'm not saying it wasn't a penalty, I'm just asking why nobody else gets them. Nobody else gets penalties in Scotland. Nobody, right? Is that, and is that also, also missing the point as well, that the referee didn't give it. It was a linesman. Mm. Yeah, and fair play, because like, it was an absolute stonewaller. Um, James Tavernier, pressure penalty, Andy, but he was, you know, you can tell when Tav's confident, ran up, grabbed the ball, smashed it away into the corner. I, it was a year ago on Sunday from the Motherwell game, the Cedric Etten goal, and I had the same vibe on Saturday, because with half an hour to go, there was a sense of where's a goal coming from, because we were not creating a hell of a lot. Scott Wright missed a good chance and you thought it's just going to be one of those days. So the nerves I felt as Tav stepped up to hit that and thankfully he was absolutely clinical. That's uh, a terrific penalty. A lot of pressure. Um, and that's what you want from your captain. You know, that's, he's, he's the man to do it. Get the ball with, with no Kamar Roof there. He's the obvious, not Barisic, maybe, maybe be the other guy that, who could have taken them. So fantastic penalty and 69 goals and 103 assists for Tav now. And, and, you know, I'm a bit of a stats man. That's, for me, that's a goal or a goal contribution every 162 minutes since he's joined the club. I mean, that's basically better than one every two games. And so many of these we can look at as being high pressure penalties, free kicks, you know, getting a goal out of nothing at St. Johnston with that world day he did a few weeks but it's it's fantastic and that's exactly what you want from your captain uh, with regards to the penalty itself I, I mean you knew we all know now it's like okay, of course it's a stonewaller but we'll just sit back and wait for the seeds to come and it's not just from from the, the, the morons it's from people who should know better you know sort of pundits from the other side that were oh shock and surprise we'll not name them they know who they are but uh, of course actually see the the incident first maybe before you comment I don't know maybe I just a wee suggestion for them but yeah great moment one, huge three points one of the things about Scottish media that's become apparent to me over the years is that they don't have the same fear of looking stupid that normal people have because you or I will go out of our way to not look stupid you know, we, we try very hard. We yeah. prefer if people didn't think he's a moron. 
um, that doesn't seem to bother them. They'll just wire right in and go, hey, everyone, I'm a moron. And that is what we saw at uh, the weekend. It so, seems to so, work to have a successful career in the Scottish media, to be fair to them. It doesn't hurt, no. Um, no. There are certain jobs where uh, quite clearly intellect isn't you know, a, a given. And I, I, I think we are, we've seen it there. I think we've seen it with the last two presidents of the USA. It's not anything that you, you 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 really need. It's not going to be a drawback in that chosen career path. Um, it's good to know. Survived, survived a scare uh, late on. And Andy, it's one of these these ones, you know, bad mistake. Um, Kamara and Goldson just let the ball go from a throw in. Dundee United player gets a looping header on it. It loops up over Alan McGregor, clips the top of the bar. I mentioned this last week. To win a league, you need a bit of luck. Luck Rangers weren't getting a few weeks ago, and we're getting now. Um, balances out, etc. Karma, yin and yang, world is in perfect balance, etc. But it, you do need it. And, you know, we're not the only team that's been getting it. Celtic have more than certainly been getting it recently. But it, it at that moment, I just thought to myself, yeah, we're winning this title. So Haji's... Uh, Haji's- a Rabona attempt at the end, the, the kind of mistake with the, the letting the ball bounce in your box, which is something you learn in your early days not to do, let the ball bounce in your box, especially if you're a centre half. But they got the they got away with it. It's a great bit of luck. We held out. I didn't ever feel uh, that we were going to concede throughout the game, and uh, that's not something that we could have said earlier on in the season. So it's fantastic, and I'm absolutely delighted that they managed to see it out. A significant three points. Your kids clearly hated that Rabona. I think it's fair to say. I mean, even even just the mention of it. Um, yeah, they've called it, it spot there. on now. Yeah, yeah they have called she it spot hated on. It. No, I don't blame her. I think we I think we all did. Dave, on this then about the predictable outpouring, um, it, it's not <laughs> it's it, it it's not something that just happens. And I no. think that we've seen that this week with the continued complaints from the other side of the city about everything, despite the fact that, you know, in the last few games, they've had, I think, seven penalties not awarded against them this season that, that were pretty clear penalties. Um, you've seen that, you know, what happened in the League Cup final again, you know, last minute penalty absolutely denied. The referee playing until they scored the other night. It's pretty clear why they do this because they they want to get and and they've absolutely achieved it with John Beaton. John Beaton was never ever given a last minute penalty against Celtic in a cup final. He just quite clearly thought, "Is this worth it?" No, um, the shit I'll have yeah. to go through. This is a guy who got death threats um, over a year ago. This is a guy or two years ago. This is a guy who um, this month because he gave Rangers a penalty saw Celtic's in house media um, person Chris Sutton call him a mason on national TV. It's deliberate, and it's to crank up the pressure. And on the weaker referees, it works. It's uh, you know, it's absolutely coordinated. <laughs> You're right. Um, the John Beaton one, as you say, and I, you know, I don't think um, for a second that any referees in this country are cheats for for any side. Um, I think the overall standard of the referee in Scotland is absolutely abysmal. Um, but there is that human side to it, that subconscious, you know, that in a flash moment, a house player goes down in the box in the last minute of a, a final, and it's not human for for a referee to think, how's this going to affect me if I give this penalty here? He knows it is, and 
it's it's totally deliberate and it's it's boring, it's predictable, but it's 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 also going to have a effects as well because the referees are, are human. These things are going to play in, play in their mind. I, I've never received a death threat. I, I know you've had a few in your time, David. I can't imagine it's a pleasant experience, and I can't imagine it doesn't uh, come into your thinking, comes into your judgment, and any any walk of life. It's um, it's where we are, you know. But I, I don't know. I don't know how it how it changes, um, and I don't think it will change. The way my back feels, it would be a mercy killing at the moment. <laughs> so if anyone, you know, was to get in touch and say that, you know, they were going to off me, I, I don't think I would quite have the same reaction as that. Merry Christmas. Yeah, I'm. Oh Jesus Christ, man! It'll happen to you, listener. If you're a younger guy, bad backs, World War Two fixations. It'll happen to you. Um, crazy interest in in how to cure and prepare meat. To then barbecue. This this will happen. It happens to everyone. Obsession with the lake in the grass. That's my one. Oh, are you a temperature? Oh, okay. what, see lights on in the house that don't need to be on. Yeah, oh, nothing, you would hate me. Nothing worse. Oh, you would hate me. My my house sits at twenty three degrees. You know, all the year round, and you can tell what I've been in the house through a day by the trail of lights that are on. The OCD, um, this is the OCD loyal here. That's what this sounds like. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just. I don't think. I mean, I'm, I'm also at that stage where I walk into a room and go, "Why am I here? What, what, <laughs> what prompted me to get up and walk to this room and then walk back and ten minutes later remember?" So, no, it, it'll happen to you, youngsters. It'll happen to all of you. You're all going and, to turn into your dad. See, you're listening. Everyone turns into well, their dad. No, I, you met my dad. I'd love to. He's, oh, he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I'm an arsehole. So, yeah, exactly. It's, it's uh, I've been waiting for years to do that, and it, it just hasn't came to fruition as of yet. Uh, love you, dad. Right, Andy. Six matches. Six wins, one goal conceded. We had no right the Monday after that had semi-final to to expect Gio to achieve it. We wanted him to do it. We demanded he do it. But my goodness, that is one hell of a report card so far. And he's done it without spending a penny. There you go. And no, listen, he's got a better first six game record than any manager, uh, certainly in my lifetime. I don't know if you have to go back to to Mr. Struth, you know, for a record like that, but it's better than Walter, than Sunis, than Advocat, than McLeish, who obviously, I mean, yes, he's inherited a, a championship winning side, but the side was on a, on the decline, to be fair to him. And six out of six, you cannot ask for any more than that. And most tellingly is the fact that in that six, we've only conceded one goal. And that is not something we could have predicted, having given away three howling uh, goals in the first half hour of that, of that cup semi. So, it's such a quick turnaround and, and I can't wait to see what he's able to do during uh, the winter break. And of course, we, we don't know whether that's going to be extended or not. But once he's actually had time with the players without the, the games and can get to work on them and getting into their psyches more. But what he's managed to do from a team that was just doing enough and no more in games and struggling and conceding early is is absolutely brilliant. And as I said before, it's um, it's done without him having his own impact on the playing staff. And once he's able to do that, bring in his own players, his own sort of style as well, uh, and work on the training ground, I think it's a very, very positive future we've got under this management team. So, yeah, it's so far so good. Dave, we've got three matches coming up. Tough ones. You know, St Mirren at home on Boxing Day. Then we've got Aberdeen away, Celtic away. If, and it's a big if because you're then after nine wins in a trot, which is, you know, would be 
flawless. I mean, it would be perfect, yeah. Um, but if we did get three wins in a, we are going to be incredibly tough to stop. Uh, I'm very much of the opinion that as we sit here today recording, we are three wins away from the title. If we win the next three games, we will win the league, in my opinion. Um, to get to this point of the, of this month and to win every game so far has been absolutely fantastic from the new management team. I don't think um, you could have had much you know, to complain about, although we would have if Gio came in and dropped points in his first few games because he was totally new to this team. It was a team that had a weird decline since the summer. And I think that League Cup... Um, the semi-final loss was the, you know, the 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 point where this was all leading to our slow slogging start um, to the and, and the deer. Know, yeah, and it, it was a point. It wasn't. It, you could no longer say this was the start of the season. This was just how we were playing this season. This is just how we were. And I was getting worried to the point uh, that we were just going to slog our way to the title and it wasn't going to be fun and it wasn't going to be great to live through. Um, if we continued the way we were going, you know, losing three goals to Hibs, I don't think you could say there was a guarantee that we would win, win the league. Um, the way we're going now, I've got every confidence that we'll be absolutely fine and we're going to be playing some good football on the way to do that. Sunday wasn't great, as I've mentioned, but I'm I'm more confident. Three wins away from the title and I'm sticking by that. I know I have people shouting me one game at a time, but Listen, those three wins, we get them out of the way, we're in a good position. No, we most certainly are. And I think that there are signs, you know, Kent's coming back to form. I think yeah. the loss has been decent. And, uh, yeah, I just, I'm just i pretty excited by what this management team can achieve. Andy, in fact, if I was to draw parallels, I'm getting a real sense of what Big Eck did when he arrived back winter, uh, December, in fact, 2001, when he took a talented squad, but one that was just shown the confidence, hadn't been playing anywhere near what it could deliver. And then just that next 18 months, just solidly built, just solidly built, and we all know what happened. Yeah, if I remember, McLeish, he, he took over in his first game, was at Motherwell, I think, and we, was it, we drew two each, and then he two went each. on a, a run. A last, a last minute nonsense penalty we lost. Yes, it was. That, that's right, and we went on a run after that. I think he won the next five or six games on the spin. Um, and we thought, right, okay, he's, he's getting something out of this team. He's getting a tune out of them. And he was we were already out of the league back then, so he won the next five trophies that were, were available to him uh, over that next 18 months. And if we could do anything like that, you know, if, if Gio could win the, the two trophies domestically that are available to him this season and then carry that on to, in, into next year once he's had time with it, you know, a full sort of almost a full season with the team to blend... It's it's really it's really forecasting well for us. I think is is the expression. Of course, we don't know what's going to happen. We might lose players in the window. Um, although I hope no more than than one, and and hopefully we'll be able to to bring in some some fresh blood as well. It, it definitely does resemble that kind of McLeish two thousand and one two when he took over a little bit. And uh, yeah, there's a healthy squad. We've got good players. You, know, you mentioned Morelos and Kent, but Borna as well. He's playing well mm. again. Kamara seems to. I, I, I thought he was struggling this season. I have to be honest, but he's got the bit between his teeth again, and he looks like he's wants to take command of that midfield in, yeah, in the absence he, of Davis. I'm glad you mentioned that. He was my man of the match on Saturday purely because I think he was the guy that injected that that urgency. Yeah, he, he is, and he looks refreshed. 
And I, I felt he was struggling. And um, it's great to see him back. Obviously, we've mentioned Arabo, who's been our star in the last couple of months. But even McGregor, you know, the goalkeeper, is so critically important that yep. your goalkeeper is making saves. And that was not happening. We all said, it. maybe he's done, maybe he's finished. You know, he's, he's almost 40, but he's hitting what I consider pretty much top form as well. So it's amazing what you can do with a new manager. And I just hope that the... Now we can consider them the new manager bounce has probably passed and we've come away with a maximum points. Let's see now what, what's going to happen as we get to the, the next three games. And if we can get to the break, uh, at, l- at least maintaining that four-point lead, I think I, I don't think we'll be caught either, I have to say. No, I would agree with that. Right, folks, that will do us on today's uh, flagship show. We will be back next Monday. We won't be one on Christmas Eve at 8 o'clock for obvious reasons. Uh, We think you'll be busy at that point. But we will be back next Monday with a report of the St Mirren game. Obviously, the situation because of COVID is fluid at the moment. We know that. We don't know what the script is going to be. But certainly as we sit and record it on the Monday, then it's going to go ahead. So my thanks, first of all, to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. My thanks to Andy. Thanks very much, David. Have a wonderful Christmas and hope to speak to you guys soon. And to David. Pleasure as always, gents. And I just want to thank all of you for all of your support this year. Um, you, your support is normally magnificent, but this year more than more than ever. And to, to remind you that if you do want uh, certainly some content over the next couple of weeks when you know things do get a bit crazy, go to our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. And a good last minute Christmas present for the bear in your life as well. You can sign them up to a yearly subscription if you so wish. So you can go and do that. Um, good place to do that. But I wish you all... Uh, a very happy, safe and wonderful Christmas. I hope that uh, Santa leaves a good present in your uh, in your fireplace. Uh, I hope if you support another team, Santa leaves something else in your fireplace. But uh, we are very much looking forward to the Christmas period and then we will guide you through it as always. Thanks for listening, folks. And we'll talk to you again next week. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. <laughs> Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.